My name is Jamie Atkinson, founder of podcastclosing.com, and this show is built for six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts who are looking to grow and scale their customer acquisition using that show. If you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast and you want to get featured on this show to talk about your own podcast journey, go to top100interview.com. Now over to your glamorous host, Brittany Chaterbock, and don't forget to subscribe for daily interview content. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. It's Britt here today. Super exciting guest I'm bringing on. Andrew Logan, he's the founder and CEO at Leverage to Legacy. He's also host and an author of The Way Out. You know, 10 years ago is when Andrew really moved on to the online marketing, leading him to be, you know, more of a present father and and really live life, life on his terms. So, you know, I'll let Andrew fill in the gaps, but this guy has amazing things going on and it's such a pleasure to have you on today. Welcome to the show, Andrew. Oh, thanks for having me, Britt. Oh, honored to be here. Absolutely. It's going to be great. You know, um, within our conversation alone, we'll go over some wins, what's working, some of the challenges along the way. And I, I think it's going to be a great interview. So why don't we go back and start, you know, start from the beginning. Tell us a little bit about your story. How did you get to where you are today? And we'll take it from there. Yeah, sure. So long story, obviously, I'm, I'm 40 years old now, but, uh, um, you know, the nice short compact version, as short as can at least, is that you know, growing up, I was you know, lucky enough, fortunate enough to be academically strong. So you go to school and, you know, you're identified as someone who's, you know, intelligent, smart in, in commas or whatever. And you're just told, go be a doctor. It's like, you're smart, go and be a doctor. And obviously it's from parents, it's from teachers, it's from friends, and it's always well-intentioned in society, obviously. But I kind of got through grade 12 and I did got the top grades and went off to university and started studying medicine and that. And it sort of hit me then. I'm like, actually, did I actually want to do this or did everyone just tell me this is what I should do? You know, and you're sort of having these moments. And I went through my pre-med and I did physiotherapy or physical therapy. And it was like, hang on, I there's got to be more to life than this, this, because I can make money and I could make good money as a physio, but you know, it, it was at the expense of a lot of other things that I wanted to do. I wanted to travel more. I'd done a lot of backpacking through my late teens and early twenties. And, and then obviously, you know, I wanted to start a family and I wanted to have presence with them. And so I did get to like travel with teams. I was, I was working for the Australian Olympic team with the winter athletes and that, but it was only me traveling, you know, my wife, and then, you know, we were starting a family. They were, they were staying at home while I was having all these trips. So that's when we had to start to really look outside the box. And I'd always had this little mantra that I wanted to be financially free at 33. And I remember like, it was my little that. like, you know, hashtag, you know, just everything was hashtagged. And back in the early days of social media, you go back, you know, your Facebook memories and you kind of cringe at what you posted 15 years ago or whatever. But me and my mates would always post, you know, we're going to be financially free at 33. And we were what, 25 at this time. But you know, we had to find a way to do it in a way that we could earn an income and also be present as parents. And that's what sort of got us to start looking outside the box. Now, tried a lot of things, failed in a lot of things, you know, made some money, lost some money, you know, had some success, had some failures and talk about them all individually. But eventually we found our niche. Eventually we found our space and and that's been really great. It's been 10 years now that we've sort of moved into this world. And um, it's been incredible because it's allowed us to 
you know, buy a dream home and, and, you know, live in this little beautiful village we were talking about just before where, you know, we get to live our life with the kids and and have that you know financial freedom lifestyle, which is really, really cool. Incredible. Uh, I love, first off, the fin- financially free at 33. Incredible. Love it. Love it. Love it. And, you know, I, it is so important. It's like, you know, everyone says go to school or go, get married, go to school, ha- get a job, blah, blah, blah. It, it often leads to the rat race, right? You know, no financial, I mean, you might be financially free as a doctor and stuff like that, but you know, you all, you often don't get that time and freedom along with it. So mm. love your story. Love how, you, you know, you got your dream home. You're, you're a present dad and everything like that. You know, that's truly freedom, right? So love it. Now tell us a little bit about, you know, where you're at today in your business. Maybe uh, talk to us about how you deliver your services and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So Just quickly, just to backtrack a little bit, I think you really made the important point that like for the listeners, like you can make a lot of money as a doctor in that, but you don't have the choice. And, you know, when I worked as a physio, I worked with lots of surgeons and stuff that were making three, four, five, what I was making, but they had no life. You know, they, they couldn't play golf on the weekends. And so when we talk about freedom, it's the measurement of choice. Like, do you have choice in your life? And I think sometimes we get that mixed up that money helps, you know, <laughs> money helps, but it's not the be all and end all. And so for us now, you know, that's what I really want to be helping people do and show people how to, uh, you know, leverage the, you know, the internet, leverage social media, leverage, um, you know, marketing and all that sort of stuff. And then actually take that next step and turn that into freedom and turn that into a, a legacy. And that's, you know, where the name of the the business came from, Leverage to Legacy, and that, we do sell all the time that, you know, internet marketing, social media marketing, social retail, network marketing, affiliate marketing, here's how you get financial freedom and you see all the ads and all that kind of stuff. But what what we do, we, you know, as an industry, we show people how to make money, which is great. We show people how to make an extra income stream, but we're terrible at showing them what to actually do with that money. Um, and so, so many people are coming into these spaces and making an extra income and then maybe they leave their job and that's fine. And then they're working from home, but they're never actually financially free. They just switch from one job to another and they never get the business and financial skills to actually take that next step. So that's what I'm really passionate about these days, showing people how to you know turn their side hustle, turn their extra incomes, turn their online spaces into financial freedom. So we've got to tell the whole story. We only... We sell the kind of sizzle, but we don't always give them the steak at the end. Absolutely. Incredible. Incredible. So, you know, when did you start your podcast? And I know that, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're you're entering or maybe you have already entered your third season. What were your intentions behind the podcast? Yeah, well, I actually, I, I was just saying the other day, I probably did it in reverse. I I started writing my first book. 2019. It's a bit of a long story how it all sort of happened, but a a mentor really encouraged me to go down that path. And I started writing it and I sort of put, you know, the rough first edition out just out to friends. Um, And then this thing called COVID happened. And um, it was kind of, you know, fortunate in that regard that I'd sort of had a six to 12 month jump on that thing where I'd started to sort of look into this space more of really taking that next step and writing my book. And that's when a lot of people were saying, well, you know, you should have a podcast along with your book. I probably should have started the podcast first and then written the book 
you know, six to 12 months into the podcast, I think just from a, you know, content side of things and, um, you know, growth side of things, but, you know, we, we're always making mistakes as we go and gaining experience. So yeah, I'm, I'm just essentially starting the third year of the podcast. So I'll jump off here and do episode 186. Uh, so I think it started as once a week and then went to two episodes a week at some point. So yeah, I think I'm pretty sure it was episode 185 the other day. So after we chat, um, I'll go do episode 186. That is so exciting. Uh, and you know, um, doing a couple episodes a week, like you're going to have so many episodes up in no time. Right. So any focus for season three and like any main focus or desire for it? Um, I must admit, I haven't seasoned them. I've just sort of like, you know, you have the little break for Christmas, but um, yeah, I mean, it's, I think as you go, you um, certainly initially I, I had to find my own voice, like anything, you've got to create 30, 40, 50 episodes before you really find your own voice. And and at the start, I used a lot of interviews and just to help sort of get my name out there and leverage off the network and the and the friends that I had. Um, these days, I am certainly last year, it was a lot more just me, uh, just me, you know, really finding my voice and finding my niche and really nailing that. So this year, I'll probably will get back into a few more interviews and, and even try and alternate, you know, one day a week is me and the other day a week is a, is an interview and start giving people more perspective and just some different voices. Cause yeah, I'm, I'm sure my voice, I'm sure people get sick of my voice. Eventually they like to hear some other voices. So, you know, that's probably where I'll be heading to this year. Yeah. And you know what? I don't think people are going to get sick of your voice. I mean, if you're bringing that, con- that value and content, I don't think your voice will ever, and nobody will be sick of it, but you had hmm. mentioned um, niche. Now, one of our topics that we kind of talked about a little bit before we actually started the interview was becoming an instant expert in your niche through your unique superpower. Do you mind just diving in that and giving myself and our listeners, you know, a little bit of a, about that and, and uh, we can take it from there. Yeah. So I, you know, again, we talk about social media world and the internet marketing world and that, and it's all about know your brand, who you are and, you know, the, the riches are in the niches and niches and niche and, you know, wherever, however you pronounce it, tomato, tomato kind of stuff, but everyone knows that they have to find their brand. And I think one of the problems people have, and when we talk to you know, clients that I work with one-on-one and stuff like that, um, there's, there can be that imposter syndrome. I think one of the biggest challenges for people, two, two of the biggest challenges I probably hear is I'm going to run out of things to say. If I brand down and niche down, I'm, I'm going to run out of things to say. And I thought of that after my seventh podcast episode, I thought, man, like I've, I've done seven, I've kind of run out of topics, right? But you, you, you won't. So I'll just let you know, once you really find into that space. But I think one of the biggest challenges for people is that they can struggle with imposter syndrome. You know, I love to cook, but why would anyone want to follow my cooking when they could follow Jamie Oliver? You know, like Jamie Oliver, they're going to follow Jamie Oliver. What could I ever do? And so I say to people, you want to think about it as a bit of an exercise and you want to write a list of all the things you're really good at. So for me, you know, I have a history of 10, 15 years in the medical industry, you know, through my life, I loved sport, I loved health and fitness, and I did have a degree and 10, 15 years of experience. So they're things I'm good at. I've got experience and knowledge, and we all have, you know, superpowers of and histories in our life, challenges we've overcome, you know, you turn your, your story, you know, your challenge into your victory story, all that kind of stuff. 
And then on the other side of the page, you want to write things that you love to do. What are the things that you absolutely love to do? And then the real key niche and the thing that you can find where you have a unique superpower is the, you know, sorry, the the crossover, like the Venn diagram where there's something that you are amazing at and something that you love to do. So a couple of quick examples, like I love CrossFit and, you know, CrossFit, it's a bit of a crazy sport. It's not for everyone, but I've always loved it. You know, I started it probably 15 years ago and I've always loved it. Now, each year they do a, a like an annual opens like online event. And if I, I mean, these days I'm 40 now, if I come in the top 10,000 of the world, I'm pretty happy. <laughs> so I love it, but there's 10,000 people in the world better than me at it, right? So I can't sit there and brand myself around CrossFit because I'm going to be like, well, there's 9,990 people at least who are better at CrossFit than me. But I do have a medical degree and I'm very good at rehabbing the human body, training the human body, how to take care of it. And because CrossFit is quite specific with movements, uh, and the way you need to train your body and the metabolic pathways and all that kind of stuff. I have, you know, this unique superpower where I can offer, you know, high level support for CrossFitters who want to reach the next level because I can offer them high level rehab support and stuff like that. That's just, you know, if I was still in that physiotherapy world and I really wanted to niche down, that's what I would be doing. Because I have a superpower there that very few people have. It's something that I'm good at and something that I love. Am I the best CrossFitter in the world? No. Am I the best physio in the world? No. But as far as being a physiotherapist who understands CrossFit and loves it, I'm pretty good. There's not a lot of us in the world. So when you find those crossovers, you can find a way that you have something that is incredibly unique that people love. Um, couple of quick other examples. Uh, one of the ladies I work with, again, loves cooking. She's a mother of 10. And I'm like, Sharon, that is a, that is a superpower in itself, right? Like you think, of, you think of the life experiences, the learnings, all the things that she's learned about how to raise 10 children, time management, <laughs> like, you know, feeding. That's 10 a big one. Yeah. And well, 12, because you've got to feed her and her husband as well. Right. Like, so, I mean, she's feeding 12 people, how to shop, how to cook, how to do all those sorts of things. Now, Jamie Oliver's pretty good, but Jamie Oliver's cooking for two kids or whatever. You're cooking for 10. How many parents of big families or just super time poor people in general? Like, I mean, Jamie had those 30 minute meals that ended up taking 50 minutes or whatever. Like they're not for the time poor mum, right? And so that's something that she loves to do and that she has this incredible life experience. And when you sit down and really look at it, and again, for me, this was my realization for me those few years ago that I loved to talk about finance and I love to talk about investments and I love to really talk about creating financial freedom. And I had for half my life been dedicated to being financially free at 33. And I'm also pretty good at marketing. And so it was a matter of, okay, well, what if I could show marketers and network marketers and internet marketers and affiliate marketers how to create financial freedom? Because there's lots of people, there's, you know, I can't go against Robert Kiyosaki uh, and there's lots of, you know, I can't go against Gary Vaynerchuk, but no one's really got that crossover space. So I can find that I'm an instant expert in this field. And then straight away, you will find if you really dig down, 
you will find you have, and in marketing, we call it your USP, your unique selling proposition, but I like to call it your, your unique selling, your unique superpower. Sorry, because it truly is like, you know, what, what you can do and what you can offer people is incredible. You've just got to sit down and write it out and find that little crossover point. Incredible. Thank you for putting it in the, the, the terms that you did, because it's so true. Like you have that superpower. You have to just figure out what it is exactly. Right. You know, so many times we overlook how, how unique our superpowers really are. Right. So incredible. Mm. I'll, I'll, I was just to say a super, super quick example of the, cause it's yeah, funny. Please. We were just talking about it before. Again, we go, come back to CrossFit. Now I'm in, I'm in a number of like CrossFit Facebook groups because blah, blah. And there's, okay. again, there's some, there's some high level athletes. We, I train at home because we live in a bit of a middle of nowhere, right? Which is what we want, which is like what we love. Um, and we are right on the edge of this mountain. And from our place, you can, you've got like 270 degree views of the whole of like Southeast Queensland, Sunshine Coast, beach, water, mountains, farmland, love everything, it. right? So it's funny because like top, top CrossFitters can put up, you know, a video of them working out, a picture of them working out and it gets engagement. I can put a picture of me doing a pretty basic workout, but like the wife takes it from, you know, the deck upstairs and you see that whole view and I can get 10 times the engagement, right? I'm not doing, you know, I'm not doing anything. I'm not doing anything near what they're doing. I just have the superpower is that we've got this really nice view. Um, And so it's just a matter of, it might take you a few goes. It might take you a couple of, chances i mean you've got to just do a bit of market feedback you do a bit of research you know all that kind of stuff but once you find it everything will click and it'll be incredible how successful you are absolutely thank you for sharing that because it's true um and you don't have to work nearly as hard as you normally would right so huge Mm. So tell me a little bit about, you know, you mentioned doing interviews before. What was your strategy to, you know, attract the the right fit guests or did you reach out to them? Tell me a little bit about that. Um, yeah, a little bit of both. I think, um, you know, if we, so s- cycling back to how I sort of, you know, went into the sort of, you know, evolved and grew into the writing a book and and doing um, the podcast and, and speaking a bit more was, that a few years ago, a friend who was in this space, he was a social media trainer, was doing an event. Long story short, his like it was just him and this other guy. And then the other guy got sick on like the Thursday before this Saturday, Sunday event um, and had to go to hospital. And he said to me, look, could you speak at this event? Because I've just lost my other speaker and I need you to speak, you know, <laughs> for like half of Saturday to help me out kind of stuff. And so I got up and I spoke about financial education and stuff like that. And there was that sort of thing where he's like, you know, the fact that you can get up and speak without any preparation, it's something you obviously love to speak about. And we come back to like, what were the things that you just love to talk about, you love to do? You never run out of content on things that you love to do. So through that sort of space, I had, you know, met a lot of people. And so initially when I was reaching out to people, they were people who I had shared a stage with, or we had shared a Zoom call with, or we'd sat on a panel with, and they are people, you know, you've got these great connections with, um, and, you know, you're you're doing each other favors because you've stood on stage and all that kind of stuff. But then the big thing for me was really, you know, Russell Brunson talks about, you know, your dream, dream 100 list. And you go out and you start writing, you know, your dream 100 list. And 
when you have a podcast, it is that authority, you know, and having a book, being an author is a, a level of authority. And so you can reach out to people in your space who are on your dream 100, you know, vision board and just say, hey, Britt, my name's Andrew. I've got a podcast. It's called The Way Out. I'd love to interview you uh, if you have 20, 30 minutes. And straight away, just having that authority of I have a podcast, so many people are going to be so much more open to giving you 30 minutes of their time. Whereas if you just said, oh, hey, I'm Andrew, can I be your friend? Um, can I talk to you? It's it's going to 100%. fall flat, right? So for me, it was just directly reaching out to people who I really respected in the industry, people I really wanted to connect with. Um, it's it's that icebreaker almost, but it gives you the authority. Now, obviously, with that, you got to be good. Uh, you got to, uh, you know, at least be prepared, guys. If you're going to just reach out to Gary Vaynerchuk, be prepared um, that you've got some stuff ready to go and you, you know what you're doing. But I think that's really one of the key things that I've found with having a podcast particularly is just people are so much more open to coming in and then you can start doing podcast swaps and, and all those sorts of things and really, really help each other out and grow your brands together. 100%. It's incredible really how podcasts build the authority, you know, your credibility that comes along with it is huge. And like you said, you can really help each other out, you know, go on their show, invite them onto your own, add that value, help them grow their business while you're growing your own as well. So incredible. Love it. Now tell me a little bit about how you do your client acquisition uh, within your business. Um, so for me, you know, I think you've got, you've got a few different ways to, to reach out to clients, obviously, but the biggest thing is you try and give value to people mm -hmm. um, and through a lot of, you know, the podcast through the book and I've got some other, you know, free PDFs and um, like attraction marketing blueprint, business blueprints, daily method of operation blueprints, you know, just your your PDFs and, and that that people uh, can get for free. They can just go to my website, then go to my link tree, but just give them that bit of value first. So for me each day with the podcast, with the creating content, you know, with my own reels, my own social media, all that kind of stuff, it really is about what content that I can I create to help my ideal customer? And I remember a mentor of mine saying, really, you've got three options, either educate them, entertain them, or if you're really clever, edutain them, <laughs> like educate them in a fun way because they're more likely to remember it. So that for me, the client, client acquisition is really just about trying to provide people with a lot of value up front. Um, and then they obviously come into your space. They start subscribing to your podcast. They start subscribing to your newsletter. Uh, and then you take them to the next step. So this weekend I'm doing a, like a live training event. Um, you know, I, as you move into more stage events and bigger online events and all that kind of stuff, then eventually into the mentoring space where I work one-on-one -on -one with clients. But it really is about trying to give people value to overcome the challenges that they're having in their day-to-day -day business life. I love it. Absolutely. Now, um, I could ask this at the end of the show, but I don't want to forget about it. And you, you, you've mentioned a few times on mentorship. So any mentor, uh, mentorship information that you could also share with my listeners that maybe something that stuck with you all along the way, um, I mean, and has really, really helped um, get you to where you are today. Anything that you can think of maybe just to share with us oh. today. I, I have been blessed 
blessed to have some incredible mentors and and that. And I think, you know, like anything, you could say some of it's a bit of luck, but it's also been very intentional. Um, you know, mm-hmm, when I have mm-hmm. found, when I have, you know, come across, read someone's book um, and it really resonated with me. So like John Maxwell was someone who really resonated with me as a leadership mentor. Uh, when you talk about leading businesses and leading people. Um, but a lot of people who, I've seen up on stage or I've heard or I've read their book, all that kind of stuff and talk about, you know, quotes. Like I've always, I guess, had again, the mantra, the mindset, and it's a quote I say a lot where if you work hard enough, your mentors become your peers. So, you know, if you dedicate yourself and work hard and do what they are recommending from stage and all that kind of stuff, they will eventually become your peers. And so one, one great mentor, David, and I remember seeing him, 10 years ago, it was 10 years ago because Angie was heavily pregnant. Jack's just turned nine recently. Um, you know, it was almost 10 years ago. We we're at an event in Sydney and there was just something about how he spoke that it clicked. And so I went to every single one of his events for the next few years. And, you know, you sort of move from the back of the stage to the middle, to the uh, back of the room, to the middle, to the front seats kind of stuff. And then eventually you start connecting with him. Now we play golf together a couple of times a year. We've been to Hawaii, New Zealand, Fiji together. Like we travel around Love together. That. We share the stage. We um, present together. And, you know, I've been on his podcast. He's been on mine, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and it really just came down to me again. It's like, there's nothing worse than if you train from stage or something, or you do an event or something and someone comes to you like, that was awesome. You see him a year later and nothing's changed. So like oh, I saw you last year, it was awesome. I'm here again because you know, I, I need to refill my couple, that kind of stuff. Whereas if you go to that mentor's next event and you're two steps further down the path, you go to their next event and you're two steps further down the path, they're going to see that game recognizes game. And they're going to see that you're working, that you're dedicated, and they're going to want you to like come along with them more. So I, I could talk lots of stories again of, of that, but really the the handful of really incredible mentors in our life have also become some of our closest friends. And just before we were, we went on together again, one of my mentors, he and I were just chatting and, and talking about some real estate investment, you know, and you just, you have different conversations with these people. You, you talk about different stuff and you learn so much about the languaging and all that kind of stuff. And just around a golf and dinner and a few drinks with a mentor is worth, you know, worth a $10,000 course. So be intentional and get there and work hard and they will notice and they will bring you into their sphere. intention. You got to set those intentions, right? And you have to do the work. And uh, yeah, you're you're right about all that. Love that you shared that. Thank you. Now back to the podcast. How would you say it affects directly affects your business? Like does it does it often bring a lot of people interested in, you know, joining, working with you and stuff like that? Or, um, you know, tell me a little bit about that. How does it affect the business? Um, I think in a, in a number of ways, I think you can look at the obvious marketing stuff that we talked about earlier and, and just your yeah. own authority, your own marketability, your own ability to reach out to people and, and connect with them. But I think there's probably something a level deeper that's really, really important that um, I was, again, I was just talking about um, on like a Zoom call the other day with some people where so often we can, you know, wh- why did I go to the gym this morning? to do the reps, you know, to get your body in the position where you're doing the movements. Did I really need to go to the gym today? No, I could, you know, I could have taken the day off for sure. But you go to the gym to do the reps, to train your body, to be ready when it needs to be ready. And I see the podcast particularly as, as really about that, as 
I because I made that commitment, you know, a year and a half ago, or whatever, when I moved to two episodes a week, and I made that commitment two years ago when I started that it was like I'm going to do a podcast episode no matter what, and you got to do two episodes a week no matter what now. So you're actually training your brain to do the reps, and that's one right. of the things I think we really. Um, you know, everyone's looking for the shortcut. Everyone's looking for the done for you. Just give it to me. Just, you know, tell me what content to create. And you're saying to people, no, you have to do the reps. You have to get your brain and put it to work so that it can get stronger. And so I see the podcast really as almost like my, you know, it's a great marketing tool, as we say, but I always see it like my gym. That's like my, my Mm -hmm. gym business time, you know, my business gym time, I should say, where, you know, I'm in there and I have to create something of value because I've made that commitment to myself. I've made that commitment to my audience. And then as you do that, the more reps you do, talking about this earlier, the more reps you do, the easier it is to do the reps. And you start coming up with more and more content, more and more ideas, more and more stuff that can help people. And then with that as well, the great thing about a podcast and especially is you can you know, measure downloads, you can measure like the episodes that do really well versus the episodes that you that didn't do well, that didn't get as many downloads, that didn't, you know, people obviously weren't sharing and telling their friends. And it's a really important thing. Again, the market research is days where I get off and I'm like, man, that episode was awesome and it bombs. And then there's other days where you're like, uh, like oh, I don't know about that episode and it does really well. And it's like, okay, well, what does my audience actually want? And I can see that. And so I want to write for the next three or four years. I want to write a book a year. Like that's a commitment I've made. And so the podcast is a great way to look at which episodes are people really loving. Okay. They're the things that you should probably write your book about. Don't write the book about the stuff that you want to write about it. Write what people are downloading because they're the challenges that they're having. People wouldn't download it if it didn't educate and maybe even entertain them. Absolutely. Well, that's incredible. I like how you said, you know, you know, your focus in the next couple of years is a book a year, and you're going to be using that based on what's working throughout the podcast, what they want to hear. And I think that's incredible. Love it. Now, has there been any challenges that might be relatable to my listeners as well within the podcast here and there? I know you mentioned a few earlier, you know, but if if there's any others that you might um, think of and maybe how you overcame them or what what you're doing now to overcome them, if you don't mind sharing. Yeah, I think I I think the the obvious one is like always that content creation. But I think like anything in any pursuit, you know, you set goals and you don't always hit them and you have, you know, download goals and streaming goals and all that kind of stuff. And you can have times where, you know, they're going flat or they're going backwards or you're not, you know, you're not getting the downloads that you feel you you should and all that kind of stuff. And so again, I think that's where, you know, like straight roads don't make great drivers, right? Like great sailors aren't born in, in flat seas, right? It's only when the podcast episode downloads are going down that you have to sit there and say, okay, well, how do I fix right. this? And again, I've got to then put my brain to work. And if I've done a few reps, it's it should be easier to figure out. So looking at ways to, you know, do little giveaways on your podcast or recognize and celebrate the people who are sharing it out onto their social media and stuff like that. Because then if you can leverage that um, and they're sharing it out to their friends and recognize and reward them, um, more people are going to do it. More people are going to send it off. So they're probably just the the biggest challenges I've had. I've been fortunate to this point where I've never really struggled for content. Um, I am just... um, well, just yesterday, I've just got um, my wife's. My wife loves woodwork, and she's making me a new desk. It's like a belated Love Christmas that. present. 
out of a yeah she's very talented i'd show you more stuff there's stuff sitting right behind me and stuff but uh we chopped a few trees down recently and she's actually turning these into like furniture in our house anyway, oh my gosh i like this it's like slightly off, off topic but so she's building this beautiful new desk and where i have been doing my podcast upstairs i'm actually going to move down to downstairs and and you know sit at this beautiful desk and all that kind of stuff so um, with that, you know, like I'm upgrading all my equipment to go with a new desk and a new background and all that kind of stuff. So I think, you know, you just have those general things where you've got to get equipment, you've got to get it to work, you've got to get make sure everything's together. And that's all, you know, the minutiae of any business. I think the biggest thing really is if you're not getting the reach, you're not getting the downloads, put your brain to work. And it is incredible. And if we always we get into that habit of not going to the gym, it's very easy just to never go to the gym. But if you're in the habit and you create, okay, I have to commit to this. And it does really cycle back to what we were talking about before. Whenever I say to someone, like, don't say I'm going to give my niche a month and see how I go. Sit there, choose a niche because, you know, it might take three or four or five attempts to really find your true USP. But choose one and say, I'm going to create 50 pieces of content around this niche. Then I'll reassess because it's going to take you 50 to get good. So do you want to take that? If you do one a month, it's going to take you four years. You do one a day, it's going to take you six weeks. So like eight weeks, so whatever, Um, seven weeks and one day. So, you know, do it, commit, make that commitment and put your brain to work. And it's incredible what it can do. But if you procrastinate, if you put it off, if you wait for someone else to do it and you never do the reps, you'll never get stronger. You're a hundred percent right. You know, you've got to make that commitment and you got to stick to it. It's just like you said for the gym, like, you know, you go to the gym and you're on track for a long time. And then as soon as you stop or you don't go one day, your whole day kind of like, it doesn't, your day's mm. off, but it's really hard to get back into it once you stop. So it's like, you know, you have that commitment, do it and do the reps and the difference will come. Like it's going to make a huge difference in your life. So love that. So are there any big goals or focuses within the next uh, six months? I know that you mentioned book writing every year, a different book every year. Are there any big desires or goals within this next six months here? Um, Well, so for Angie and I, you know, we just sat down, it's the 10th of January, you know, we always sit down and we're really intentional with our goals and and everything with, um, you know, our investments, with with our business, with the kids and all that kind of stuff. So Purely from a business podcast point of view, yeah, it's about the content I want to create, you know, the events I want to run, the book I want to write, all that kind of stuff. Um, I wouldn't say there's a a massive groundbreaking um, one in there specifically because to me it is just about keeping the momentum. It's about continuing to do the things you're going to do. Um, The one big, big goal that's in the future is to start doing uh, or get back into live um, events, but my own, you know, I've always, I'm flying to Sydney, uh, Friday to speak at someone else's event and stuff like that. But my first, I've been doing my own virtual events. So at some point, yeah, I do need to commit to just biting the bullet and doing my own live face-to-face event now that we're, you know, now that we're allowed to do all those sorts of things again, <laughs> after the last couple of years of challenges, but uh, yes, um, with COVID. I, I don't know if that will happen in the next six months, just with everything else that I want to get done in that time. But certainly by the end of the year, uh, I want to be doing live person events, you know, on, on the Gold Coast and Brisbane and, and in Australia and stuff like that. And then maybe, you know, maybe international from there. 
Love it. This is incredible. Another thing about podcasting is like, I don't know if you feel like this, but I definitely do. And a lot of other people I speak to is like, you know, it's an endless amount of people from all the world, entrepreneurs, highly successful people that you meet through podcasting. It's just endless opportunities from there. So um, yeah, internationally, for sure. Uh, that's, a, that's exciting. Mm, yeah. Well, we're allowed to jump on planes again now, aren't we? which is very exciting. <laughs> Another exciting thing for sure. Yeah. Oh, well, Andrew, thank you so much for, you know, taking the time out of your day to really add value to myself and my listeners as well. You know, uh, that's what I'm looking for on my show. So this is amazing. And, you know, if anyone's looking to connect with you and what you have to offer, what would be the best way to go ahead and, and you know, reach out with you, reach out to you? Well, the the best couple of ways are, you know, my website is andrewlogan.net um, and it just, you know, takes you straight through and you've got all, all the links on there, YouTube, podcasts, and, you know, free tools and stuff that you can download or social media. So at Andrew James Logan um, and Andrew Logan on Facebook. There's a lot of Andrew Logans on Facebook, unfortunately. And there's also an Andrew Logan who's an artist in New York. So I couldn't get andrewlogan.com, unfortunately. So I'm andrewlogan.net. Um, but certainly Instagram is easy at Andrew James Logan and you'll definitely find me there. And then, yeah, just link tree to all the other um, options from there, all the other trainings and that. Incredible. Well, thank you so much, Andrew. Group, if you're listening and enjoyed, please like and subscribe. If you're a six-figure entrepreneur or higher and want to come on just like Andrew Logan did, did today to, you know, share your story, talk about your business and podcast, please go to top100interviews.com. We'd love to have you on as well. Thanks so much, you guys. Thanks, Andrew. Catch you on the next one. All right. See ya. Hey, everyone. I hope you really enjoyed that episode. As always, if you want to listen to more daily interview content, make sure you subscribe. And here's three ways I can help you in your business for free. One, check out my video on how we're building a pipeline that produces 30 plus prime sales calls every single week using podcast setters and a basic interview funnel. And this is actually how I was able to quit social media forever. You can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash setters. Two, if you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast, we actually want to interview you on one of our top 100 shows. Head to top100interview.com and then three, download our podcast closing formula. It shows you how to create a podcast sales team that books out your sales calendar each week using the podcast closing client attraction method. And you can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash podcast formula. Now at podcastclosing.com, we help six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts create a system for predictable client acquisition without relying on paid advertising or social media by building out podcast sales teams. Now, if you want help turning your podcast into a high ticket client acquisition machine, then book a call with our team to see how we can help. Go to podcastrebels.com forward slash chat. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next interview.